Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Would you believe it? We've made it to episode nine of Maybe Baby. I'm the reluctant reproducer, Kate Lawler. And I'm the keen copulator, Bodge. What a fantastic example of alliteration we just did there. Amazing. Pass on the back, son. Um, This week, Bodge said during a discussion about giving birth, look, your vagina's going to get old and baggy, whatever you do. Deal with it. I mean, I did also say that my balls would get saggy. You did. I think the point is, is that we're all going to change and there's a lot of time you go, oh, no, I don't want to do this because my body will change. But We're like, all going to get baggy and saggy. Baggy and saggy. Or saggy and baggy. That's our new nicknames. Saggy and baggy. It sounds like a really bad detective duo. <laughs> hey, saggy, you got any donuts? <laughs> no, but I got some coffee macaroni years. <laughs> now, we recorded most of this uh, series in advance. But a couple of months ago, I began listening to a fantastic podcast called Birth Stories. And I thought it'd be ace to chat to the host, given that she's an experienced midwife as well. It is, of course, Clemmie Hooper, author behind the Gas and Air blog and mother to four children of her own. She goes by the name Mother of Daughters on Instagram. And most importantly, she's a fully qualified NHS midwife, so she's seen more births than you can shake a Von Tooze at. I now know what a Von Tooze is as well. Me too. And thanks to Clemmie, we now know more about the varying types of twins, what a face presentation is. That was weird. That blew my mind. The difference between epidurals and spinal blocks, and it was great to hear about Clemmie's own births as well. Hope you enjoy it and hope it gives any uncertain parents-to-be a bit more insight into the birthing process. We'll be back after the episode with a few messages and additional waffle, but in the meantime, here's Clemmie. As you may have noticed, we recorded most of our podcast over the period of a year and as time's gone on we've had a chance to think about some of the different aspects of having children and there's one thing that's really stuck with me as we've explored parenthood and that's giving birth I've always wanted to do it by a c-section if getting pregnant ever happens but I've seen some videos recently that have made me question everything so today we are talking to an expert having presided over more than a thousand births She's a fully qualified midwife, but also mother to four of her own fabulous daughters. And if that wasn't enough, a world-renowned author and podcaster talking to celebrity guests about their own birth stories. It's the wonderful Clemmie Hooper. 
Hello. Good afternoon, Clemmie. Hi, Kay. Hi, Thank Bodge. you so much for joining us on Maybe Baby. This is just the best day ever. Yeah, but when you listen to a podcast, then come on. It's like the dream invite. <laughs> it's like a pod clash, isn't it? Because I listen to oh. birth stories... You listen to me. Maybe baby. one day you can be a guest on my <laughs> podcast. If it ever happens, you'll be the first podcast okay. I do. There's one question I'm dying to ask you before we delve into like your own births, which we'd love to know about. I would like to know what you think the best birth option is for somebody like myself who fears childbirth. The best birth option is that you understand the pros and cons to both birth options oh. and that you come up with the decision yourself. Really? Yeah, of course. We can't tell women what to do. We have to give you evidence-based information. You were really looking for a black and white answer. There, I was. As a midwife, I cannot tell you how to birth your baby. I have women who, despite the risks that they know, will still choose to maybe have a home birth, even though it hasn't been recommended. But they are well-informed and have made that decision. And our job is just to support women. What I really care about is that women are then supported. So say you chose an elective section. Mm -hmm. I want to know that the obstetrician you've spoken to has given you all the information so that you've come to that decision yourself, not because you saw a YouTube video and it looked safer, better, whatever. You're gonna have. There's gonna be pain either way. Whether you're having your uterus opened in a section or you're pushing a baby out of your vag. Statistically speaking, <laughs> vag. What's safer? Is there a safer option or not? You'd have to look up the statistics and you'd have to weigh that up. So there is risk in everything we do in life. Mm. You've just run here from Tottenham Court Road. <laughs> You could have been hit by a cab. I was late. And you I could have running. tripped over in your nice slippers. I have been told today, they're nice slippers. Where did you get them from? Oh. They're not. They're shoes, but they look like slippers. <laughs> Every time we get in a car, there's a risk. But we do things to prevent the risk, don't we? We wear a seatbelt. Every time you get in an aeroplane, there's a risk. Don't tell her that. She's absolutely petrified of flying. I'm scared of bloody everything. <laughs> okay. Imagine giving birth on a plane. <laughs> so there are, there are risks to both. Kate wanted me to come in and tell her what to do. The thing is, I've always wanted to do it via C-section. Why? Because the idea of pushing something out of my vag, as you put it, just makes me feel like the pain that I would experience, especially with the size of his head, scares me. Didn't your mum have C-sections because she has a small cervix? Yeah, she, with her first birth. I know too much about the size of your mum's cervix. <laughs> and you're a twin. Yeah. Non-identical. Non-identical. Yeah. Although my mum believes that we're identical. She says, medically you are. Now, I only found this <laughs> out by listening to birth stories about what and they And I called. didn't even know all of this, this until I had them. Fantastic. Tell Bodge. Right, so I used to think that <clears> if twins, so if one egg and one sperm split that is then going to be identical twins, right? Mm -hmm. So with our twins, what would have happened is the egg and sperm split early, so like a day or two earlier than normally. So two babies were made and then they had their own placenta and they were in their own sack. Right. So when we had our scan that they told us it's um, DCDA twins, which is dichorionic, so they had their own di meaning two, they had their own um, sacks. I was like, oh, well, they're not going to be identical. Um, identical and I was like god that's weird I like pushed out two eggs that month and I was like oh you know felt a bit like that's cool and then like all the way through the pregnancy my consultant said you know they can still be identical and I was like 
what? Really? She was like, yeah, 8% are. So when they were born, the first twin that came out was a little bit bigger than the second twin. And I remember looking at them like afterwards and I was like, I don't think they look that similar because one was a bit bigger, so she looked yeah. a bit different. And my consultant who was at my delivery said, look at the shape of the inside of their ears. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> because if that, you can't, like with identical twins, the inside shape of your ear will be exactly the same. You know, everyone's got slightly different shaped yeah. ears. So the inner bit, all that inner moulding. And then by a couple of days old, their weight had even out. And then all through their development, like they first got the same tooth within like 12 hours of each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I love that. Wh- like, I remember writing all these things down because they're like my third and fourth baby. So I was like, oh, I'm going to forget all this stuff. But also they're twins, so it's going to be mental. So all those things. And now like even when I go and get their feet measured to go and get shoes and like I'm in Clark's and they're like, Okay, should we measure your foot? And I'm like, no, they have exactly the same size feet. And they're like, no, you never know. I'm like, well, they're, no, they will have... Ex- and one... You know how everyone's got slight, yeah. one foot slightly bigger than the yeah. other? It's the same. same. But we now think they're mirror twins. Mi- well, hang on. What's, what? the, what's the difference between so, a mirror twin and identical twins? One's left-handed and one's right-handed. Ah. One of them, her crown is on one side of the head and her sister's is on the other. So you know like those scooters the yeah. kids like scoot along with? Yeah. Um, so one will use one foot and the other will use the other foot and there's a video that my husband put on Instagram when they have gone on the same scooter and one's using one leg to scoot one side and I was watching it and I was like Simon look what they're doing because they're mirror twins they've got to be so is it literally that at that point when they split it's almost like a photocopy Yes. Because I would think that if they split so early, they could develop slightly differently. But is it because it has all the same material? Exactly. Imagine a cracker. It's literally that. But they could have a really good Halloween outfit. I cannot wait until the day I can do the shining thing for them. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I was going to say that, but I thought that might be rude. (laughs) No, it's not rude. (laughs) Do it. But I've literally shown them pictures, but they're only three and a half, so they don't get get it. And I'm like, you could wear like a wig. You could have the long hair. And they're like, what? I'm like, you know what? Do that when you're older. Or dress up as each other and see if people could guess who's who. Trick or treat. Um, (laughs) Talking of your twins, I read somewhere that they were a lucky accident. So we we were doing the stuff to have the third baby but no one plans twins right you're actively engaged in the stuff <laughs> leaving it in I don't know <laughs> we were yeah we were like I was like I really want a third baby both Simon and I one of three so it was always our we always wanted three yeah. and um, at the time our youngest was just starting school so she would have been five and the oldest was eight so I was like I don't want like the age gap bigger and I was like it'd be really nice just one more and <laughs> they say the chances are higher the more you've given birth that is true but also identical twins are just random mm. and is it true that twins are more likely the older you get as well yes I'm keen to know how your births compared was there one that was particularly worse or better than the other are they all similar um, first birth I was really young which I think probably helped because you're just at right. your prime age she was born like a couple of days past her due date I was a midwife I went to like a birth centre because I wanted to have like a water birth. Um, my midwife, um, who had been like my mentor when I was a student, I'd kind of asked her to be my midwife. And then I went quite a few days over my due date and it was Glastonbury weekend and she always goes to Glastonbury. She's like, I've got to go to Glastonbury. I was like, okay, fair enough. And then I went into labour on the Saturday of Glastonbury. Oh, no. But we were living in Bristol then, so it's not too far from Glastonbury. So the second midwife, the like backup midwife, um, she didn't tell me, but she texted the midwife to tell her, just go, look, Clemmie's in labour, but it's all cool and it's all going fine. She came back from Glastonbury. No what way. a champ. What a to friend. My contractions like dipped off in halfway through the labour. 
And we did everything to like try and get them back, like walking and all the stuff. And then she arrived and my labour like started again. She, you like, were waiting like, for her. Like a mother. Because actually on your Nadia podcast, yeah. when she was having contractions and then she came into hospital and you said there's that primal bit where you yeah. just stop having contractions. Mm, yeah. And I thought that's fascinating, isn't, isn't it? it? So she comes back from Glastonbury. I go like properly into labour and then I had, um, she was born like a couple of hours later. But really weirdly, it wasn't what I expected. It was really out of a body experience. And I basically got back in the pool at one point in the labour. And I don't remember any of this, but I was just like losing my shit in the pool and like splashing and like, <laughs> and I remember like my midwife being quite certain going, right, you need to just get out of the pool now because we're all getting like, <laughs> like a naughty child. Get out of the pool. Yeah, get out, get out. <laughs> and I remember at one point thinking, God, who's that woman making all that noise in the room next door? And it was like me. I was oh, making the noise. Wow. Wow. Were you just on gas and air? Did you have to I was just like in a stage called transition, which is the bit before you get to like fully dilated. And you do like, it's an out of body experience. Not for everyone, but I definitely found it really weird. And then I only pushed for like half an hour and she came out. I like pushed and she came out and I was like, oh. (laughs) Even to the point when my mum remembers me phoning her and she said I didn't sound like myself. And my aunt, when she picked up the phone, I went, I've done it. Like, like I've done, like, a, a marathon. I was like, I've done it. She's like, what? So I've done it. It's hit. Oh, yeah, it's a girl. I know. How oh weird goodness, is that? Oh, my goodness, This is great. So that was the first one. And then the second one, another girl was born a couple of years later. I had to be induced with her. Okay. So I planned a home birth, but I had to go into hospital to be induced. But I had her in the pool, and I was much calmer, I think. But it was much quicker. Um, she flew out. But it was great. I felt really high afterwards. I remember just being like full of like oxytocin and being like, this is yeah. amazing. And then we just went home straight away, like after an hour. Just oh, that sounds walked like out the, the dream. Yeah. And then with the twins, obviously it's a whole different ball game. There were so many risks with them. And I totally zoned out of the birth bit with them. So the whole pregnancy, I was just like, I just need to get to this stage. I just mm-hmm. need to get to that stage. And it was so, like, I didn't buy anything. I don't think I bought anything until like the week before they were born. Because there's just so many risks with twins. Are there? Really? So I was just like, I just need to get to, like in my diary, I'd written like how many weeks I was. And I was like, okay, so next week I'll be 30 weeks. So if they're born prematurely, they might be all right. You know, it was that. It was a total, it was like a management of another woman, but myself. So you're more likely to go into premature labour if you're pregnant with twins? Well, it's just high risk of everything. Then I ended up, I did um, a hypnobirth course with a friend of mine because I was like, well, whatever birth I have, I just need to be super chill. So at one point I I needed a section, C-section, because twin one was breech, so bum first, and twin two was transverse. So I had this amazing consultant who really wanted me to have a normal birth. And I went for a scan and she was like, twin one's breech, so I need to recommend a C-section. I was like, yeah, fine. With them, it was like, I just need them out mm-hmm. and safe. Mm-hmm. And then like, she's like, okay, come in next week and we'll do like book you in for section. And then I went in and they turned and they were both head down. Yeah. And then I was induced like the next day. They were engaged. They were engaged. So I had my waters broken. Then I had the hormone drip, the syntocin on drip. Have you heard about that? No. To get the contractions going. Oh, and I was like, really? And then I was like, right, I'm going to own this. So I was like, I don't want anyone in the room that didn't need to be in there. Because I was at work as well. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, got to be weird. Yeah, so I was like, I only want Simon. I had my friend who's my doula. And then I had my consultant and my two midwives. And then they came out born 15 minutes apart. With twins. Yeah. Once you've pushed one out, yeah. does the other one kind of just fall out? It like makes 
paves the way. Yeah. Or do, are you still like, ow, this shouldn't hurt this much. I've just given birth. Um, so the first one came out and it was just like such a relief. And then I was kind of like, just like, oh my God, looking at her. And then I do remember at the back of my mind thinking, oh, I've still got to go. Because your contractions stop. And then before I could even think about it, then the contractions ramped up again. So there's a risk with the second twin can turn because obviously there's loads of space in the uterus. Yeah, of course. So um, it's called positioning the second twin. So a midwife or a doctor would have to just like manually on your tummy, like position the second twin so it doesn't go breach or transverse. And then obviously the risk. My eyes are bugging out my head here. So they can manually, just like, you know, like a palpation. (laughs) Like Play-Doh. A little bit, a little bit like Play-Doh. Okay. It's not painful. So they're holding it like to make a little tunnel. Yeah. Just yeah. be like, don't turn, baby. Go <laughs> yeah. down. And then my midwife examined me because there was obviously another sack of waters. So I asked her to like just break my waters. And then she literally just flew out. Wow. So do your waters break twice then? Twins? Yeah, because they're in their own sacks. sacks. Of course. Do you remember we saw a video the other day of a kid being born via C-section? Is this On what Instagram. you sent me? Yeah, With it's the an it And it's coming out like... <laughs> like an egg but it comes out in the amniotic out. sac yeah. and then yeah. they just they cut it they cut the sac and there's like a big spoon they're not spooning it out spatula yeah, I've never seen that before I don't know what country it was in that's but not common here then no oh okay they would break the waters first so as soon as I watched that video I said to Bodge I don't think I can have a c-section and a week later my friend Amy gave birth to her second child and she said to the girls on our WhatsApp group, does anyone want to see the video? George filmed it. We were like, yeah, yes, of course we do. She, she had a giant. water birth. And I watched it. I was in tears crying at how beautiful it was. Aww. Because of the way she was on her knees uh, as he came out, uh, he kind of just floated through her legs and, and up into went... her arms. And then she sat down. I was, wasn't I? I yeah. was a mess. Because I why? Looked, I just found it so beautiful watching yeah, but birth her. is beautiful. It is. You can have a beautiful C-section. See, that's the thing. I never thought about birth being beautiful until I watched that video. And as she just kind of sat down with the baby, I just thought to myself, I started having second thoughts and I've, we've been talking about it ever since, haven't we? Like, mm. See, I feel like you've come even further because you're not saying like, you're now choosing between the two types of birth. I know. Not saying whether or not we'll have a baby. <laughs> Got her. <laughs> no, I'm just saying if we have Oh, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> theoretically, obviously. Like, whoa, theoretically oh, yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah. Let's not scare her. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Is there any way to make giving birth easier? It's not about having an easier birth. A lot of people look at the safety and the risks. But personally, as a midwife, I just want you to have the most positive birth. And that can be in any form. What is important is that you're supported and that you... I think you're educating yourself about everything you can about birth. And if that means you're going to have an elective section, you want to make that the most amazing elective section you can ever have. 
So if that's having the drape lowered so you can see your baby being born, if that's having you stand up and filming it, the music you want in theatre, um, having delayed um, cord clamping so the doctor can like milk the cord so the baby can <laughs> have the cord blood yeah. back. Okay. The baby coming straight over the gown to you, skin to skin with you. No one, you know, all these things, those are your choices. It's a lot of choice, isn't mm. there? There is a lot of choice. Is there like an off-the-shelf package she can go for? It's just like simple. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the uh, custom option. What's, what's the one thing you would recommend that I or we read or watch? Because I'm st- honestly, I know you think I'm there. The other day, I was on my way home and I said to you, didn't know, last night, I was on my way home the other night to tell you that I want to have a baby with you. And then we had an argument when I got in, so I didn't bother. But I was. And I had said, this moment where I thought, I want to have a baby with him. I've decided like, Look how it. gorgeous he is. You could make so a little baby bodge. He might turn out looking like me. I was so butters when I was born. Butters! I think that's, that's just People still say butters. <laughs> I don't know. Do. What books do I think you should read or what you should watch if you do want a baby? No, just before we even make a decision. Again, Kate, everyone's experience of everything is different. So being pregnant and having a like the birth bit yeah it's hard but that's nothing like being a parent is really hard but the positives outweigh the negatives so even though there are going to be days when your kid's going to have a tantrum maybe understanding why kids behave like that could be useful so maybe understanding the behavior of a toddler but you do just get through it Mm. and what I always say to people is the most important thing is the connection of you two you two have obviously got a really strong and great relationship. You're a bit like Simon and I in the sense you can take the piss out of each other, yeah. but you clearly really love each other. Mm. Even in the darkest of days with four kids. And it is fucking full on at home for us. Like, I'm not sorry to swear. It's okay. People swear. So even in the moments when literally it's all falling apart, we can be on a plane. That's always a good place for it all to fall apart. Or just at <laughs> home. When the cut, like sometimes Simon and I just look at each other and we like we just like laugh or like <laughs> just like just a hand grip because you're in it now you're on the ride together you've got to do it there's no know. getting off and then you have the moments of absolute pure joy like <laughs> this is an example of how amazing it can be is that I got home really late from work I was working on labour yesterday I'd had a really hard day quite a difficult shift let's say and everyone's fine. Everything's fine now, but it was hard. And when I get back from it, I can't even talk. I'm just like, I just need to go to bed. And I always go and check on the kids. It's like half ten I got home and um, they're all asleep. That's when parents always say they love their kids the most. (laughs) And I went into the twins' bedroom and I'd never seen this before. Delilah had got into Ottilie's bed and they were fast asleep with their arms around each other. And I was like, because the first thing I like, open the door and I was thinking, oh my God, where is she? (laughs) And then like could see with a nightlight that she was over in Ottilie's bed so I like called Simon having been quite grumpy with Simon I was like I was just like ah you haven't got off the pumpkins I've been at work all day I'm really tired and then I went come and look at this and then we just had like this moment and like there's enough perks in it to get you through it otherwise people wouldn't do it Kate yeah and they're like your mates they're wicked so you've presided over a thousand births right I reckon I haven't That's counted. That's incredible. Okay. I pulled that figure out once and now I've got to own it. Now, yeah. yeah, yeah, fair. So what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in a birth? Come on, I need, I need the good stuff. <laughs> so once in my entire career, I've had something called a face presentation. It's weird to see, but it's pretty amazing. So when a baby's head comes down in the pelvis, the chin should be tucked in like that. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. But just just for the listeners' benefit, that was a brace position on a plane. Then. A little bit, but yeah. obviously but she was stood up. The baby came out face first. Which oh my god! Shouldn't happen because, like in medical terms, and even at university, they were like, "Well, the head just can't fit in the pelvis that way." Like babies have to move their heads. If you think of the shape of a pelvis, yeah. And it came out, and with- it does. And it, so the first thing you see is lips. Like this. Lips coming out of lips. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I love that it's called a face presentation. Yeah, it's a whole face. It's brilliant. Was it like someone putting their face through cling film? <laughs> you know, and it's like squishing and then... Exactly. All that. the way film. That's fantastic. Wow, so that... you've only seen that once? Yeah. It's so rare. What was the mother's reaction when you said, by the way... Your kid's just well, I just, I just said it's so <laughs> rare. It's like... And she had it in the pool as well. Because there's all these different types of birth so there's hypnobirth water birth mm. is there anything which you're like that is just a fad oh my god there's so many old wise tales if you have heartburn your baby will be hairy people <laughs> what? literally <laughs> have you not heard that no that's the best thing i've ever heard oh my god, this people, podcast, like someone like. said it to me recently when the baby was born she was like oh i've had so much heartburn and i was like you know there's no correlation she gave between. birth to chewbacca <laughs> well so after it's no hairy is like, like loads of ha- hair on its head yeah. not like the body <laughs> But babies oh are quite goodness. born, often yeah. born a bit hairy. Yeah. Like Asian babies and premature babies are born with hair in their bodies to keep them warm. Because oh. we're just like mam- we're mammals, aren't we? What it's do like- you think about women who don't make birth plans? Like, is, is it something that you would recommend us doing? Or is it just each to their own? I think it's worth doing what I call a birth preference. So the way I always talk about birth is that it's like you're going on a journey and you've got a destination... And you might be going on your journey and then that road might be closed and then you might have to take a deviation up there. And what I always say to women is that you need to be fully prepared for all eventualities. So then it's not so much of like a, not a shock, but like say you're in the pool and your waters broke and there was meconium, which is when the baby's done a poo. It's then recommended that you would get out the pool and then you're continuously monitored on the um, CTG machine. So you wouldn't then be able to be in the pool. And that's something you can't control. If your baby's done a poo in labour, it doesn't always mean your baby's distressed, but it can be an early sign of distress. If that's the case, you just then have to accept and go, okay, cool, so we're going to do that, but we're still going to use like, um, I don't know, our hypnobirth breathing. Or say your labour isn't progressing and you've tried everything and you need some help with a hormone drip. It's a lot of kind of letting go. You can't really control everything Mm. in labour. What's the best thing you can do as the dad in that position? Because you're standing there and ultimately you're a bit useless. You're holding hat. Like, what are the do's and don'ts (laughs) of that? Just stay calm. Don't say, oh, I've got a bit of a headache. I've had, I've really had that tired. before. I'm really tired. I might go for a nap. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's a bit like that time when I like broke my arm. Or like, you know, injured myself playing football. Don't make this about you. Yep, fine. Make it about you together. Um, if she's like, I want an epidural, just go, all right, babe, that's fine. I've had partners go, but you said on your birth plan that you didn't want one. Yeah, it's not the time for right. I told you so, is it? No. Yeah, yeah. Just support her, love her, reassure her, make a focus on the end result. But we're having a baby. Tell her how proud you are of her. Question about epidural. Yeah, go on. It's an injection. Where do they put it? In the base of your... I'm pointing, like there. So they put a needle in and then they put the medicine in the epidural space in your back. Okay. And then it... And the, um, the aim of it is to numb your body. So you No, you just have... You don't feel the contractions. You might still feel your stomach tighten and you can move your legs and stuff and kneel and move around. 
I thought it numbed the lower half of you. It does numb it, but you're, you can still move your legs. If you right. have a spinal, which is different, that's called a spinal block, that, that if you had a C-section... That's what I'm getting confused with. You can't up to, like, your boobs. That's what Alison Hammond was talking about. Do you remember mm. she had a spinal yeah. block? So she was, was saying you're totally episode. numb. She said, I could see them moving my feet, but I couldn't yeah, feel them. Yeah, that's different. An epidural's right. yeah, like okay. a lighter version of that. Okay. When you're with other midwives... Yeah. What is it you talk about? Like, you know when, like, cabbies get together, they go, don't, you don't want to go down the strand. <laughs> loads of traffic. Talk what about Brexit. Know? Cabbies talk about Brexit. Yeah, cab- I yeah. bet you, you talk about placentas, don't you? Uh, we probably do talk about Brexit, actually. <laughs> um, we talk about everything. Like, how's your day been? How's your woman getting on? Did she deliver? You know, we're, re- like, really encouraging of each other. Um, who's pinched my blood pressure machine? It's a real... Is there good camaraderie? Oh, it's, you couldn't do it without your team yeah. because you're on a shift. Yesterday was a very, very busy shift. I work in a London hospital. It's very busy and we were full. Like every woman needed one-to-one midwife. There was 14 midwives on. If one of you dips or breaks, that's it. Like you have got to be on your game and then we relieve each other for breaks. Okay. So I didn't get my break till late in the day on a 12-hour shift. And then like... My midwife came in and was like, I'm going to break relief you now. My woman was like, oh, my God, you haven't had a break. And I'm like, don't worry. Grace is going to look after you for an hour. Like everyone really supports everyone and the doctors. Everyone has to. And then the end shift, everyone thanks each other. And that is that is what keeps you going, keeps you coming back. You couldn't do it without your colleagues. Yeah, You're a successful mum blogger. You are an author, a podcaster. You're big on Insta. Do women ever message you and say, please can I book you to be my midwife? Oh, I didn't know what you were going to ask me. <laughs> yeah, they do. I knew it. I'm not a private midwife. I'm an NHS midwife. I've looked after friends before. Yeah. Um, but I would never... I'm just one midwife. There are millions of amazing midwives. You will have an amazing midwife. That, that must feel nice, though, that people feel like they know you well enough on... Like, they look at you and they think, oh, I'd love her to deliver my uh, baby. Yeah, I mean, it, that's flattering. But also, I just want to be everyone... Like, I'm, I'm anyone's midwife. I don't want to be... I couldn't ever be a private midwife. I think every, I work with such amazing colleagues. I want everyone to experience brilliant NHS midwives and just oh, that's lovely. They're amazing. I work with such brilliant people. Any plans for a midwife-based TV show? Oh God, no, no TV. No, definitely not. <laughs> I love a podcast. I've just thought of the perfect book that we can read before we make a decision: How to Grow a Baby and Push It Out. All right, Kate, <laughs> get that in there. Yeah, that's what we can read. You don't have to be broody, Kate, to want to have a family as well. Do you know what I mean? Some people aren't like some people don't love babies; they love the next bit. And I also like when we had our kids, Simon didn't connect so much when they were babies, but he's like the most amazing dad. So like, you don't have to like, you know, when you look at a pram and a baby and you don't have to have that. Oh, isn't it cute? See, I always thought I did. That's, I think that's maybe where I'm going wrong. Cause you I don't, still don't have that maternal instinct. I yeah, don't but have, that, I have women that give birth and they've never held a baby. Like not everyone has mm-hmm. a maternal instinct. Like when you have your own baby, it's so different than having nieces and nephews or godchildren. Cause it's like you two have like made it. Mm. No, I do want to. I would love to want to give you a baby. And I'd love, the idea... <laughs> the cop out there. Do you know what? The nation is going to be The idea like, of loving to give you a baby is what I want. If someone could just click their fingers and give me like a five-year-old, I'd be happy. It's all the... I know it's really boring, but it does go fast. It really does. Does it? Like the twins are three. Like they're going to school next year. It's crazy. Clemmy, thank you. I promise if I ever do have a baby, I'll come on birth stories and tell you about the birth. <laughs> I'm going to basically hold an entire space on my podcast <laughs> for you. 
A massive thank you to Clemmie Hooper for taking time out of her busy schedule to join us on the podcast and big up all the hardworking midwives around the world. And big up the NHS as well. Of course, the NHS need more bigging up. Remember the other week when Shirley scratched my cornea? Shirley's the dog, in case you don't remember. (laughs) Shirley's our pet. She's currently having a nightmare. Look at her on the sofa. She looks like she's having a fit, but she's not. She's having a little doggy dream. Um, Yeah, she scratched my cornea in excitement and I ended up in hospital and the NHS staff were incredible. Yeah. Can't live without them. They're not just great midwives. They have great eye doctors too. So the face presentation thing, I feel like we should talk about that. Now, I didn't really know. I I mean, I've never seen a birth, but I guess the babies come out head first. Yeah. But for the baby to come out face first. Lips coming out first rather than the head. It just makes me think of alien. Say when you have like a totally typical regular birth and the baby comes out head first. Yeah. uh, And sometimes if they pull like... Use the von twos for example. Yeah. The you know head can get a bit misshapen, just in, you know initially. What effect does it have on the front of the face if the baby's getting kind of it's like all your features like squashed across your face for a bit? Do you remember the shot glass challenge when loads of women around the world, young girls, were putting shot glasses on their lips and they were just making them massive so they looked like one of the Kardashians? Do you remember this? I think so. That's what the baby looks like. I feel that's like two thousand and seven internet. I feel like that's like it was so- 2015. 2015. Yeah. Jesus. The lip challenge. Yeah. I'm still blown away that it's called a face presentation. I think that's the best name for it. It's very polite, face presentation. And I just want to say, although we are talking about the different types of births that would be available to me, I feel like Clemmie was convinced that I was, you know, that I'd made my mind up and we were just debating on what I'd be more likely to do. I can confirm, listeners, that on, what's the date today? 24th of November, she still hasn't made her mind up. You would have thought I'd got all you round by now, but... No, I'm still not there. No. Sadly not. Now, for our next episode, we are visiting a fertility clinic, the Lister Fertility Clinic in London, uh, to find out what our eggs and sperm are saying. It's a fit for fertility test. Yeah. Essentially, it's going to tell us if we have anything to worry about or if we're tip-top. They kind of put my sperm through the paces, don't they? Like a heptathlon, <laughs> a decathlon for sperm. Funnily enough, I was at the clinic, uh, the same clinic, having a scan on my ovary because of a cyst earlier this week. And I was told that I am super ovulating. And if we were trying for a baby this month, our chances of conceiving with twins would be high. Brilliant. I love when you phoned me and told me this, you were really proud of yourself. (laughs) I love how you're so competitive in things that you have no control over. Well, I'm super ovulating, so I'm better than you. It's like, well, I, I can't ovulate, so fine, have that don't care i was just a bit like oh super ovulating i'm doing something that's super i'm firing two out this month if you want to get in touch with us you can always email us maybebabycast at gmail.com ask us anything and don't forget to rate us five stars if you haven't already not four or three neither of those are acceptable you've heard her she's very competitive so uh please do give us five stars otherwise she will hunt you down and kill you even though she has no way of finding you so you're probably fine um anyway don't forget if you haven't done so so far you can subscribe to the podcast and get it every two weeks when we release it via wherever you get your podcasts yeah i mean if this is your first time listening to an episode of maybe baby you've got a lot to catch up on eight episodes you've missed conception pregnancy birth newborns the bonus bit of the halfway Q&A not having children having another baby or not having another baby apart from that we'll be back in two weeks with the next episode from the Lister Clinic and that's it from us let's go and have a roast dinner oh bloody love a nut roast bloody love a nut roast